European Beer Cafe in Melbourne. Who knew Will Anderson had that many fans? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, what a joy to be it's, here. It's been a delight, and uh, I'm not drenched in sweat. You're drenched in sweat, man. Andy was running late because Andy was fucking around on the beach all day. Come on! There's <laughs> no way Bell's is bigger than Waimea, bro. I was, at, I was at Bell's Beach today. Uh, I, was, I, di I surfed there. It was difficult because I started off um, handcuffed to Keanu Reeves. And I had to talk my way out of that. Where am I going to go? There's cliffs on both sides. I'm not going to paddle to New Zealand, man. They do, they, they do advertise that as like, oh, you've got to go surf here. It's amazing. It's wet. It's the end of Point Break. And you got to... I've seen Point Break. It doesn't end well. <laughs> also, it's not where it's shot. It's shot in Oregon where I started surfing. So... But then Andy got back late from surfing on Bell's Beach and then ran all the way from our Airbnb to here. Yeah, Matt and I have made some kind of bonehead moves on this trip equally, maybe, or maybe more me. I don't know. I've had my fair share of dumb things. <laughs> like, for a science podcast, we do a lot. Like, I, I got to the hotel, and it said for the Uber it was 11 minutes, but it was 1.2 kilometers. I'm like, I know at a leisurely running pace I can beat that. <laughs> so I saved myself two minutes, and now I'm still sweating 40 minutes later. It's not going to stop the whole show. And then when we were back in Sydney, um, Matt came into the hotel room where I was and he wanted to get the lights to turn on, but he didn't have yeah. my room key. I, just, I, just, I was very smart. You know in hotels sometimes it has the thing where none of the lights in the room will turn on until you put your key card in there? But little hack, often the envelope that the key card is in is roughly the same size and shape as the key card, so you can just put that in there and it triggers the little switch. Or a and different then, hack. Yeah, and then you still have the card. But the envelope was, wasn't working, so I just looked in my pocket for any other card, and what I had was my boarding pass from that day's flight, and I put it in perforated side down. <laughs> and, there, and it didn't turn on the lights, so then I pulled some of it out. <laughs> and then the card wouldn't go in at all. Uh, so in the dark, he's using his iPhone light while I have my handy travel screwdriver. I am a former engineer. Yeah, I had to take the whole thing off the wall. And I was like, we're going to lose our deposit. Is there even a deposit in a hotel? I don't know. Yeah, but it turns out, you know, it's useful to know. There's a little screw on the bottom there, and you can unscrew that and then pull out the bit of card. But pre presumably the previous uh, resident in that room must have left there. That was my plan otherwise. Because I was going like, we can't, we, uh, Andy was like, well, we'll just cool down and get them to fix it. I'm like, we can't, do, they'll charge us for that shit. And we'd go like, you just tell them what happened. And go like, that really won't help. <laughs> There's no version of this <laughs> that doesn't result in us getting in trouble. We're like, oh, I jammed a boarding pass in there <laughs> to try and circumvent your dumb energy saving scheme. And now I've broken the electronics in your room. <laughs> Not the smartest. Then there's also the time we got the Uber pool instead of the Uber, and we were almost running late to our Sydney show because it was $40 cheaper, but there was a torrential downpour, so it dropped us off two blocks away. And we yeah, got did you know Uber wet. pools will just do that? They'll just kind of go like, ah, near enough. <laughs> like it says on the app, go, we're dropping off here because otherwise we'd have to take a detour. 
And you're like, well, that's sort of what the point of this is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's also the heaviest rain I've ever seen in my life. So basically, I've been wet on two-fifths of the shows for various reasons related to getting to the show on time. And it's about to get wetter because oh, it's Valentine's Day. Hello. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Thank you guys for spending your Valentine's with us. Uh, thank you to all of the plus ones who didn't want to spend their Valentine's <laughs> here. You guys are the best. But it also. is just the first hour of a Valentine's hour and a bit, unless, unless you stick around for the stand-up show afterwards, where mm. Andy and I are both performing. So you can... Uh... It's drier but wetter at that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, that'll be probably science after dark. <laughs> the gloves are off. And then the different gloves are on. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think of, like a satin? Going from like boxing to satin? Like, is that the glove? I was thinking like latex to powdered latex. Oh, shit. All right. All right. Yeah. Why not? You know, later at night, you want the easier in and out. <laughs> there are scientists here. You know what I'm talking about. There's nothing filthy here. It's just good hygiene. It's good lab technique. How many scientists do we have in the room? Woo! All right. All right. Five scientists, one mathematician. Good to know. Someone drop some cocktail sticks and see what happens. Yeah, in prior shows, we've been asking a couple people in the audience who raised their hand or wooed what their field is. So one of the wooers out there, uh, what, what science do you study or, or perform? She studies sex. Well, yes. <laughs> All right, I don't know if this got picked up in the audience mics for our listeners at home, but what just happened there was a guy in the audience said, she studies sex, and then a woman next to him just went, don't say that. And I presume... Was that? He's half right. He's half right. Okay, what is... What, what do you study? I'm a human geneticist. You're a human geneticist? It's the genetics of sex determination. Okay. So, like, how hard you're trying? <laughs> I'm very determined. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. I'm sweating more now. <laughs> um, so, anybody else who wooed at the science, give us your field. Biologist, Biologist working, working for, for a clinical trial. What's the clinical trial? Uh, we tested aspirin on uh, old people for five years. Tested aspirin on old people for five years. <laughs> to see anything in particular or just like... <laughs> fuck it, let's see what happens now. <laughs> yeah. They got fewer headaches. So it is less hospital... Because I know that's... Because they advise older people to take some small doses of aspirin because it's an anticoagulant, right? Exactly our idea, but we discovered it, that didn't work. It didn't work. It took people off there a year early. I think I read about this trial. The yeah, they, they sort of realised that daily aspirin actually it might not be good for you. Yeah, we're in the It was the biggest clinical trial in the world. Holy shit! All right. Yes, so now, so now the advice is: don't. Do they know why you should? Why you shouldn't take aspirin every day if you're older? Uh, the risks do not outweigh the benefits. The risks don't outweigh the benefit. Okay. Wait. Or the other way around. Like the risks outweigh the benefit. 
So what are the risks of it? Is it like, stu- I know, like stomach bleeding and that kind of ulcers? And- yeah, yeah, bleeding events are predominant. Um, Choking on the pill. Bruising, <laughs> yeah, like aspirin is the, uh, the chocolate of the pharmaceutical world. Like every other week is a new article. It's like, it's every day great or it's going to kill you tomorrow. Like, yeah. <laughs> alcohol, aspirin, and chocolate. Like you never know. Let's just ask... Gwyneth Paltrow. As yeah, we always, it uh, it's been the running theme of all of our Australian shows is talking shit on Gwyneth Paltrow. And, and then like probiotics and uh, oh, what are the what are the um... amateur biotics? Yeah, yep. And uh, <laughs> which is like people who dabble from time to time. You know, he's the dentist and she's the accountant, but they give it a go. Um, uh, what I'm, I'm now blanking on the word of the. Uh, uh, Aluminium. Thank you. <laughs> no, I have no idea where you're going with this. Another chemical, another drug that's like sometimes good, sometimes bad. Uh, what's the uh, anti-cholesterol? Oh, uh, um, Lipitor. Statins. That's what I was trying oh. to think of. Like statins. Every every other day, there's like a statins will save your life, and then statins will kill you. I don't know where we stand on statin. We a pro statin. or anti-statin crowd? Statin heads out there. Oh, you're working on that as well. All right. Of course you are. Have you just got like an endless supply of old people? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I mean, I say endless, you know, part of the (laughs) trial is that that's not the case. But, uh... Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're always glad to have scientists and lay people like us here, so thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure you guys aren't at all excited about the person we're about to bring to the stage, but we're obliged to do so because he's here. Yeah, Uh, he he showed up, so we'll put him on, and uh, he's a very large part of the reason why we can fill a room in in rooms across Australia. Uh, Please welcome onto this stage the fantastic Mr. Will Anderson. Either or. Either or. Uh, Can I firstly say who's the person who does the clinical trials? Right there. So that's part. uh, Okay, part of the idea of doing a trial is that the results might be negative, which is what you found, right? That, that aspirin every day is not good for you. So for you guys, that's a breakthrough, but it must be tough to break that to the people who've been in the trial. <laughs> so guys, you know how you've been taking aspirin every day to see if it's good for you or bad for you? We've got some good news and some bad news. The good news is for us, and the bad news is for you. <laughs> My second favourite thing about that intro was your uh, hotel room hack, which was like sometimes you can put the bit of cardboard yeah. in the little thing. Or here's another hack, guys. Sometimes you can ask at reception for an extra key. <laughs> for free. And they'll just give it to you. You don't have to get up to your fucking hotel room and think you're MacGyver <laughs> trying to solve this issue. All great for the second tour, of course. Thank you. Yeah. Here's my theory, though, because I checked into the because ho- I, I was staying at my sister's and said this was in Sydney. I was staying at my sister's and Andy was checking into the hotel. I feel like there's a little bit of Andy that thought that if I went to the hotel with him as he's checking in and then he asked for a second key, the the receptionist might go, "Oh, all right, enjoy yourselves, lads." <laughs> You're putting that on me, huh? Yeah, I'm putting okay. that on you. I wasn't the one who didn't ask for oh. a second key. So. That's the bit you thought the receptionist would have a problem with. Yeah. Not the two of you checking in together, clearly going top, bottom. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, we only recently got that vote through in this yeah. country. <laughs> There's still some judgmental receptionists. 
Should we say who you put nodded to for the at-home audience? Just so well, know. I mean, you've brought it up, so you know you're the top. Okay. <laughs> Matt kept quiet and proved me right. Knows his place. I feel awful about this. Oh. Welcome to properly homophobia. Uh, I think it would have been fun, though, calling down to reception, going like, okay, we've had a problem and something has torn inside a thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's not what you think. There was already a perforation. Yeah. I really should have put in the other end first. (laughs) Our light switch has had a uh, prolapse? Is that the word for it? Uh, Where do we go from there? I don't know how we dig ourselves back out. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You you guys are the hosts of this show. Oh, we are. (laughs) This is true. We are, and I'm blushing. So Uh, what else else have we gotten up to in in Melbourne? This is our longest stay in any city. We were here, uh, it's been a total of 12 days so far, five cities, but four of those days were spent here. Okay, so how many times in the four days you've been in Melbourne has someone asked you if it's better than Sydney? It is a one way You guys definitely have In in America we have like San Francisco, LA Where San Francisco's like fuck LA And LA's like hey everybody's cool everywhere Like no one cares in LA It's just one way So I assume Melbourne is San Francisco Sydney is LA Yeah Melbourne's always like Sydney's shit Fucking Sydney this is bullshit And Sydney's like look at my hair That seems to be the vibe so far. Yeah, I went out. In, I went out in Fitzroy, which is great. Went up in the rooftop. Uh, I'm just plugging bars on this podcast, basically. Naked for Satan, great rooftop bar. You guys got lots of great rooftop bars. I'm a big fan. I uh, I went to the museum. Oh. Okay. I mean, to a couple of museums. Well, I went to the art museum yesterday with a friend because she's a, she works in interior design and they had a design exhibit. And yep, <laughs> saw that. Tick that off. Oh, the thing I love about the, an interior design exhibition at yeah. a museum is that they would also have a designer whose responsibility is to design that design. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there is a meta level of that where somebody's like, this is about design, but I'm the person who's designing the design. I'm yeah. the intelligent designer, if you will. <laughs> and then who's making the poster to publicise this whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> That's the third level of meta design. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I went to the Melbourne Museum and saw, saw all sorts of things. What, what was on at the museum? The, the big museum, well, it's all the sort of, like, here's the history of Melbourne and here's stuff from Melbourne and here's a horse. <laughs> Do they mention, because this is one of the great things about the history of Melbourne, the yeah. ori- what was originally going to be the white people's original name for Melbourne? They probably do, but I don't remember reading it. Well, in that case, they don't. Because if you had read it, you would remember it. Because the original... So, Melbourne, uh, by white people, was discovered by a guy called John Batman. So... uh, Wait, did you say Batman? Can you you spell that? Spelt like the Dark Knight fella. Yes. And so, the original... This is true. The people will back me up. The original name of the city that you're in right now was going to be... Batmania. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, my God. That's my favourite piece of trivia I've ever learned in my life. Yeah. Our state premier would only stand on rooftops <laughs> and just survey the rest of the city. Oh, my God. 
there's a person who needs some help. Where is she? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> it's a very good Batman. <laughs> Which is your favorite of the Nolan Batmans? No. <laughs> it's a very good yeah. Batman. That was oh. how John Batman, the, discover, yeah. the person who discovered Melbourne, actually spoke. He was like, this is where the hipsters will live. <laughs> he wasn't it's, the founder it, that Melbourne deserved. He was the one they yeah. needed. Or, I, I don't know. I'm not that big of a Dark Knight fan. Is I don't that, remember what the dumb line is. It doesn't even make is sense. Is that Batman? Of the Batmania Batmans? <laughs> Your national anthem, or I guess you don't know, it's a city anthem. No, 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 no. It's like there's a procession down the street with the mayor. No, 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 no. You may have noticed that pretty much everyone in Fitzroy wears black. So, there's a lot it's of Batman. Similar. Yeah. Um, I, I spent my first night here at the Queensberry pub, which is like a 165 year old pub. More bar plugs. Because um, I, I just wanted to see what trivia night would be like in Australia. I looked up at the nearest trivia to our place and I went. So, you went to a trivia night? I went to a trivia night, pub quiz, and there was a minimum of. You had to have two team members, but I went alone. I'm like, surely I can make some friends tonight. Um, I didn't, but there was a... Uh... Now, just, again, I feel like you're rushing through what we should be lingering on. Okay, okay. Which is, you're in Melbourne, Australia, yeah. a completely different country, yes. one of the most exciting cities in the world. Voted five out of the last ten years the most livable city in the entire world. Only second these days, uh, last year, we were second in the entire world. And you Behind decided you. on your night off that you will wander by yourself into a trivia night <laughs> to see what's going on and maybe make some friends. I, I, wow. What I am I supposed realize to s- there was something more uncool than hosting a science podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's well, less cool. Let's than- follow the story through, Andy. Yeah. I'll tell you what's less cool than that. Winning that trivia night alone, which I did. I felt awful about bragging about it until Will threw me under the bus. And now I'm like, mic drop, I fucking schooled you guys. Hang on, but like, by yourself? By myself, I won trivia. So you know that now, forever, those trivia people will whisper about you. So remember the night the stranger came to town? There he, were swinging saloon doors in the, uh, in the place. Yeah, okay, he, so he could make no friends, but he knew facts. <laughs> May I ask some, some uh, follow-up questions? You so, can, you can. Uh, normally at a trivia night, all the teams have names? Yes. Was this one of those sort of trivia nights yes, where all the teams your, had names? Yeah. So was your team was... name just Andy? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit too easy, but I just named it Sorry About Trump. Like, pandering also, but yeah. Okay. But right. actually, I did get around the two team member thing because a a lady of the night sidled up next to me uh, without shoes on in, in the in the thrall. Of, oh yeah, of... that's our famous Melbourne prostitute, Shoeless Ho Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't feel like that has landed as well as yeah. it should. Go back and watch some Americans yeah. going. Fucking yeah. shoeless yeah. Hoja. Shoeless Hoja Jackson is great. Um, yeah, her, uh, she, yeah, um, didn't really contribute anything, but everyone else was wondering if these were, if this was like a, a buddy cop show or something, like what this partnership was. Did you um, have to pay her to join your team? <laughs> <laughs> she took a liking to me. In spite of what Will said, you can make friends at a trivia night alone. Um, but I'm trying to think of what else I was interested in. Oh, then that night, eight. Okay, that, well, tell okay. me. So, uh, I, I've got more questions. Sorry. Okay, okay. okay. 
but obviously you're great at answering questions. So it will be fine. How, uh, what sort of, uh, what was the kind of like demographic of the questions? Was it like pop culture? Like were you nailing it on the science? Like was there a broad spectrum of questions? There was an American president question I got wrong. So there's that. Oh, so what was um, that question? It was uh, what president was in office from 1837 to 1841? Andrew Jackson. No. Uh, <laughs> I knew 1841 is when the guy who died after 40 days got into office. But it was, I think Van Buren got that wrong. But I guess the correct uh, year that the Oscar. This is the most boring part of the show. Why are we going through trivia questions? Um, I, won, I won by like a point or two, and one of the questions was, what was the first year of the Oscars? And I was like, I don't know, 1927? And that was right. So, like, skin of my teeth on that one. Uh, we should get a scientist on. We should do that, yes. Because uh, wow. we've, got, we've got a marine biologist who's interested in all things underwater sex. Yeah. I mean, specifically anim underwater animal sex, I think. But we'll find out. <laughs> Uh, include, you know, what happens underwater stays underwater. <laughs> as long as it happens underwater for long enough. <laughs> that was bleak. <laughs> and also the author of the recently published Karma Sitra, Secrets of Sex in the Sea, and winner of a bunch of awards that I don't even have time to go through. Would you please welcome Sheree Maris, our guest, everyone. Best, best, oh, am I on? Yeah. Best Valentine's Day ever. Right. Thank you very much. I was going to sit at home, cry. And instead you can Nothing do it in front more. of all these people. I uh, know. Oh, thanks. No happy ending. Yeah. Oh, I've gone there already. I'm sorry. That's worse than what Will's seen today, isn't it, Will? I, so I went on your uh, Twitter today because... <laughs> We were doing, you know, you tweeted that we were doing the show together, and I was like, oh, this is, I'll do my due diligence. I'll read a little bit about, like, you know, what you're all about and what your area of speciality is. And it was mostly just crabs and rooting underwater. And I've no idea why I'm single. I always post about my crabs. And just to clarify, yeah, they're big. Um, so I don't know if anyone, has anyone heard of the giant spider crab aggregation migration that happens in Port Phillip? Yeah, so that's what I kind of bang on about because I think it's one of the most spectacular marine migrations, aggregations that you'll see anywhere in the world. So when it happens, I often take pictures and do selfies and go, hey, look at my crabs, my crabs are back. And I watch the men scatter. <laughs> and my mum cry because she's not going to get any grandkids. Well, she's got thousands of grandkids. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. She's just petrified of water, so she doesn't get to hang out with them that much. So how did you get started? Like, let's, take, let's go from the beginning. How did you end up being interested in all things underwater sex? I'm a dirty perv. Okay. <laughs> no. All right, next. <laughs> uh... No, what inspired me was um, an animal with both male and female sex organs in its neck. And if you imagine... Uh, back, back up, in okay. its neck? In its neck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is why we're on the show together, should yeah, I? Yeah, I know. <laughs> So the animal was a nudibranch or a sea slug and they're like these incredible creatures and the reason that they have both male and female sex organs is in their neck and it's not because if they find themselves alone on a Saturday night because they probably wouldn't forgive themselves. It's because they don't live for very long, they only live for about 30 days so by having both male and female sex organs it means that any nudibranch of the same species that it meets it can mate with 
So it increases their chance of reproduction, which I think is absolutely genius. But yeah. they don't have sex with themselves. No, no, they wouldn't. Like at themselves. all? No. Not no. even once, out of curiosity. No, but it's okay. It's okay. Like in the way that, like, it's not like I try to blow myself every day. But there was like yeah. once when I was thirteen, where I was like, let's yeah. just see how flexible I am. Yeah. Like How'd after a while, you realise I'm definitely not getting more flexible. So. <laughs> and my wrist is sore. RSI. So they they sort of go neck to neck. Yeah, and then they exchange sperm, and then they go off, lay their little egg rings um, on food, because once they basically lay their eggs, they die, uh-huh. and then the young hatch, and there's a food source, and then they kind of... Feels a bit like, you know, if you ever like that party game where you try and pass, like, an orange from person to person? <laughs> yeah. Just, like, under your chin. So, uh, can but with I, sperm. Can I ask this? <laughs> People are laughing because that's an actual game in Australia. But, <laughs> I, uh, so, are they either side of the neck? So, no, like, no. is one side, like, female sex organs and the other side male sex organs, or are they...? No, they're kind of in the same area, but when they align, they swap sperm. Because you don't want to self-fertilise. Okay, so, but if the other sea slug also has both, are you yeah. locking into both...? Like, so, does one put the male sex organ in the female sex organ and vice versa, so you're locked in both ways? So, do both get impregnated and are able to lay eggs afterwards correct. or is there's only one? No, no, correct. They okay. both swap sperm. I love that you're all looking at me like, he's asking a dumb question. But I'm no, no, no. That's a very... <laughs> that's very insightful. Yeah, it's brutal. So it's brutal. Lots of kinky stuff happens Go in the on. Sea. Well, if you think... Well, <laughs> strap yourself in. Um, Is that one of the things? (laughs) Well, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of penis fencing. There's a bit of cross-dressing. There's detachable penises. You know, when you think of kind of lovers and you think of humans, we think we're kind of pretty, you know, pretty out there and raunchy, but we're kind of boring when it comes to sex. And that's... Maybe that's what fascinates me so much. Or the fact that I've had really shit lovers, I'm not sure. Yeah. (laughs) Have they all got, like, non-delivering necks? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a bit of a turn-off, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, just a I like her, but why is she rubbing against my neck so much? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to coax something out. <laughs> <It's> like... oh. <laughs> oh. Don't tell me I disgusted the... Oh, no, you were just holding something back. All right, no. Um, so, um, I, I'm not, like, obviously a scientist, but... Um... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Could have been. Uh, whatever. Well, that's Study. all we've got time for then. <laughs> no, well, but, okay, so... Okay, here's my question. Yes. Is it true that whales can't... Do they have to come up to breathe? Yeah, so they're okay. mammals. They okay. need to come to the surface So, do they have to come up to have sex as well? How do whales have sex? Oh, God. Um... Basically, they've got a penis, like humans, but they actually, the penis doesn't kind of hang out and, you know... I hope it's not like human size, or that'd be embarrassing for the (laughs) one. No, it's not. They've got massive penises. You know, some of them have got penises that are three metres long, but you can imagine... I've seen bigger. (laughs) And that's in cold water. (laughs) You should see them in fucking hot environments. You get a whale up in Darwin. Fucking hell, watch out. You'll never, never know unless you never, never blow hole. I don't know. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. 
Jesus. No, so the, the males have a penis which is tucked away, otherwise it would, you know, create drag, and then he puts his penis in the female's genital slit, he pumps a shitload of sperm in there. And the really interesting thing is... Um, when it comes to the size of a penis and the size of testicles, it all depends upon how promiscuous she is. So the more promiscuous she is, generally the bigger the penis is and the bigger the testicles. Oh. Boom. There you go. Wow. The, of, yeah. of any species, the more promiscuous the female is, the larger the genitals of the male are? Yeah, and the larger the testicles are. Because they need to be. Hang on. Do whales have testicles? Yeah, they do. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't they? Why I they... know, but are you imagining it? <laughs> 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 like... Wow. Like free willy. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that I love about the marine environment, and I suppose when it comes to sex, you know, the ocean is a pretty dynamic environment. There's lots of challenges. And what I love about the marine environment is just the ingenious ways that animals have developed to basically increase the chances of reproduction. And one of my favourites when it comes to penis size is a barnacle. Do you know that the barnacles that, you know, kind of cling on to whales and turtles and the bottom of your boat? Well, they're basically stuck to that surface by their face. And you think, well, how are you going to have sex? You know, it doesn't leave you many possibilities. So they have a penis that is basically... So if a barnacle scaled up to the size of a human, for example, say a six-foot human... It's penis, and you're talking about a barnacle this big. It's penis, or your penis in that case would be up to about 50 metres long. Mm. So you can't go roaming around on a Saturday night, but it's penis can. (laughs) Imagine that. I don't have to. (laughs) I I think you might be kidding yourself there. I don't really understand measurements. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about quality. Quality. Have you heard that before? (laughs) That was I'm gonna oh, I should be really careful saying stuff like that. It's gonna come back and hurt me, I know. No, 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 it won't, because I don't use my skills against amateurs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Oh, she was using her science on me. (laughs) That's right. I like well-endowed men. Uh, Well-endowed. Continue. It's my comedy festival show now. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. How how long before you run out of will puns for your... Never. No, never. Not before I die. (laughs) There's some that have become bad taste. So I always name my shows, they have my name in them, and I've done 25 of them, so there's been, like, a lot. Uh, there are some that have, like... I don't think I could get away with mentally Will now. Like, there was a period of time where I probably could have called my show that. Fuck, Mary Will. Um, Wilf. There's just a few... A few that I can't do anymore. I mean, if you wanted to have it, like, sex-themed, last will in testicles, is that... Is that no, 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 no. No, I'm, I'm going to do last... Will and Testament for like one of my final shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Terminally Will. Terminally. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a plan. <laughs> Didn't mean to give you notes on Will puns. So, Cherie, uh, not that I want to get this totally out of the gutter, but you can go back to sex, but um, you're also an expert in the biodiversity of Port Phillip Bay nearby here. That's correct? my happy place. That's your happy place. Yeah. So, can, can I ask you this uh, uh, based on that? Because I live in Port Melbourne, so Port the bay is like at the end of my street and uh, everyone tells me don't swim after the rain is that good advice 
It depends how much it rains. Look, I, I swim often up the top side here, and I think it's really beautiful. The best time is when there hasn't been lots of rain. You get lots of dog poo and rubbish and things like that. But in the grand scheme of things, I think Port Phillip is actually quite healthy when you think of the population, if you think of, you know, the stormwater drains coming out there. So I think it's a pretty magical place. And if you think of how unique it is, when people think of colour and diversity, they think you have to go to the Great Barrier Reef, which between 10 and 15% of the marine life is unique to the area. But here, over 85% of the marine life is unique to the southern shores. And we've got, you know, kelp forests and rocky reefs and sponge gardens and, you know, lots of really, really cool stuff. How accessible is that to the average tourist? Is there a way you could just grab a snorkel and, and mask and go see that? Is yeah, that... yeah, just grab a mask and snorkel and anywhere around. And this is the other thing that, you know, I love about, you know, my blue backyard is that you can, in any conditions, there's always somewhere where you can go snorkeling. My favourite place is, you know, down the southern part of Port Phillip, which is quite beautiful and that's where I live. But, you know, even Point Cook. Is anyone from Point Cook around that area? No, anyway, it's good. <laughs> um, you know, you've got aggregations of Port Jackson sharks and things like that. So there's lots of cool places where you can go snorkeling and experiencing it. And is it less, I'm assuming, less dangerous than snorkeling around the Great Barrier Reef in terms of likelihood of jellyfish and things like that? Yeah, you know, we haven't got any. We've got a venomous animal here. So we've what? got the blue ring octopus, which is a jet-powered kind of chameleon. It's got a head about the size of your thumbnail. And it's got a beak and a drill-like tongue, which it uses to basically bite into its prey and inject a neurotoxin, which kind of paralyses it. <laughs> Very cool. It only comes out at night and they're not aggressive animals um, and you can tell when they're getting really cranky because as the name suggests they have these blue rings which they flash and they said I'm really cranky pants, leave me alone. Why is it beneficial to, I mean don't they want to poison things? So why would they want to tell you they're poisonous? To, to get, well, when they're threatened and they're feeling scared. So often when I see them at night and I'm diving, they flash it as a warning, you know, leave me alone. I'm kind of they don't want it. They don't want to kill you. No. It's, they it's, can, but they're And venom is expensive too, if you think about Blue it. Blue ring octopuses are like the John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> like they're retired. They're out of the game. But if you kill their dog and steal their car, then they're going to fuck up. you up, you yeah. know? Yeah. With their beak. Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen the film, but I presume... Yeah. He has a beak, yeah, right? Raves, has a beak. He went method. He had a beak sewn onto his face <laughs> yeah. for the movie. I can't even imagine what an octopus with a beak looks like, let alone any of the rest of it. It's like a bird-like beak. It's just like a bird-like parrot. If you imagine hmm. a parrot's beak... I just can't imagine like anything like. hard on an octopus. I just feel like it's all squishy. Well, well that's the only... I love that that's the difference between Brits and Australians, though, as well, is you're like, I can't imagine an animal like that. And we're like... We're in Australia, mate. <laughs> Have you seen a fucking platypus? <laughs> it's like a duck and a beaver and it lives underwater and there's a kangaroo that can fight but it has tiny fucking arms and there's an emu that's really fast in one direction but can't go fucking backwards. I don't know what you're fucking talking about. Yeah, but... There's a spider this size. It'll kill you. Which one? Eight of them. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's an octopus with a beak. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only hard part of their body, and that's the yeah. only thing that limits where they can get into the holes and things like that. The rest of them is all squishy and soft. So they can't get through anything bigger than that beak. Correct. Or smaller than their beak, rather. Yes. Yeah, anything. All right. Yes. Anything now smaller than their beak. How big is this beak? Well, it depends what type of octopus you're talking about. Like, what do I have to hide behind if I want to... <laughs> you don't. Okay. You don't. But I think the... One of the relatives of the blurring octopus is the giant cuttle, and they have a really interesting way of having sex. They've actually got some that are cross-dressers, and they're called sneaky fuckers. 
And they're hilarious. Oh, that, that, yeah, that's the Latin name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sneakers fuckerus is what they're called. And, and the cool thing is you've got... It's like a kind of a teen rom-com. You've got the really big males, the really, you know, big, muscly males, and then you've got the smaller, scrawny males that can't match the might of the big males to fight for the, you know, the cute little cuddles. But what these... So the big ones are the better ones when it comes to cuddlefish? No, not necessarily. Oh, OK. Have but the females... Story. Sorry, I was just wondering if the females had the attitude of... I like big cuts and I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't care what you were saying. I thought of that joke and, you had to and get I it needed in. to jam it in. I'm so sorry. And you feel better now. Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> I think we're, was good. We, we all feel good for that. Yeah. That was great. So anyway, back to story time. And cross-dressing cuddles. So you've got the big males, the smaller males who can't match the mite. But what they can do, and this is the, the great thing about Kefla pods, is that they can change colour and texture. So the smaller males will actually cross-dress and take on the patterns and colour postures of the females. They'll swim by the big males who have a look and go, OK, she's a female, she's not a threat. Keep fighting with the males so they can basically have access to the females. The sneaky fucker who's cross-dressing will then get in, make out with a cuttlefish of his dreams and come out with his face and tentacles intact. And it's been shown that of the matings, he's successful for about 35%. So it pays to be a sneaky fucker. Is, is that a good percentage? I, it's better than nothing. <laughs> what are you trying to imply? <laughs> Listen, I want a trivia night alone. Yeah. What else do I have to tell you? Isn't that, by the way, isn't that also the plots of Nuns on the Run? <laughs> hiding his Hang on, you've seen Nuns on the Run but not John Wick? Yep. Uh, I'm a film buff. <laughs> Weirdly enough, the nuns are on the run because of John Wick. Yeah. <laughs> the nuns killed his dog and stole his car. Anyway. <laughs> it's Nuns on the Run. Well, what more do you need? <laughs> you got nuns, you got running. It's the staples of filmmaking. What would the nuns be on? The, tell me what the nuns are on the run. Wait, can I guess? Have you never seen it? Is it, is it Eric Idle? And, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's, it's cross dressing as well. Yeah. And, is it? Um, what is, is it a, a, mob, a mob debt they owe or something? Or? It's been a while since I saw it, but I believe it is some kind of mob, it's always a mob thing debt. that they're running yeah. from. So it's mobsters who dress up as nuns to escape the mob. They're basically, they've crossed, they've crossed the bad guys and the only way to avoid them is to dress as nuns for 90 hilarious minutes. Is that and like they have a 35% chance <laughs> of evading the codfather. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck you. It's a fish-based pun. I'm doing my best. Oh, you know what? Don't consider that joke. Consider that a fucking experiments I was doing on whether that joke would be successful and now I've been successful my result being that it wasn't yeah. <laughs> apparently it was mostly successful with a 1% outline yeah. I'm fucking chalking you up to statistical yeah. improbability fuck you <laughs> that joke was actually ended by the government a year and a half early <laughs> I lost punding oh god oh no we have to leave we have to take an early flight home now, Matt. We have to go straight to the airport. Wow. This is the most meta pun of all time. I don't know where we go from there. Cherie's looking at me like it saved us. I don't know. I don't, I don't, um, 
man of my dreams, you know. Um, so, uh, what are the mechanics of underwater sex? Like, is because I mean, we've all lubrication. <laughs> well, that's, no, but that's interesting to me because I just watched the Aquaman. What lube and the application of it? Well, no. So I watched Aquaman. Uh, the the documentary um, that, uh, <laughs> about the founder of Sydney, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was uh, the founder of uh, Melbourne's arch enemy. Okay. <laughs> um, Jeremy so, Aquaman. Yeah, so um, uh, in Aquaman, there's a scene where Aquaman is underwater, but he like smells his own bo, and it like stuck with me forever because I was like, a like he's underwater, right? Like he's been washing, so why would he have bo and a pheromone. Oh, okay. Like so, a perfume. Maybe right. it's his perfume. And, and a lot of animals do have pheromones. There you go. So a, a deep... One of my favourites is a deep-sea angler, which lives about 4,000 metres down where it's really, really dark. And you think, well, it'd be like us walking blindfolded in the desert. So what the female does is... And she's about yay big. She's really hairy, scary, got big, sharp teeth... And so the way that she'll attract a male is she'll secrete a pheromone, like a perfume, and she'll kind of swim along. And the male's about the size of a golf ball. He's pretty much a set of testicles with nostrils just kind of <laughs> swimming around. Yeah. And so... I mean, the worst thing to have is your testicles. Like, I, I'm sure my balls smell bad, but I'm not sure because my nose is way away from my balls. The worst thing about it, like, if you're just a ball and then a nose, like, that's the worst. Ah! 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 I hate my life! But also, every time you're interacting with a female, you're like, excuse me, my nostrils are up here. Like my nose is so running. Yeah. Anyway, I love you, I love you. Achoo! I... If you're being attacked by one of them, what do you punch? She can't punch him because when he gets so excited, so he swims up to her and he's not a very good swimmer. But when he finally finds her, instead of serenading her like a humpback whale or giving her a posy of fish, like you know, turns, he actually bites onto her. But this is one hell of a love bite because he never ever lets go. He basically bites on, fuses to her skin, and becomes her own set of testicles the ultimate accessory, really. <laughs> Hey, mate, you're a bit too much. Um, you're a bit clingy. We had a, we had a great night. But... It's time for you to go. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. And there was one female that was brought up from the dark depths and she had 11 males attached to her. I was like, I want some of that pheromone. <laughs> she had 22 balls. <laughs> no, aren't they one ball each? So doesn't she only have 11 balls? Or maybe I'm getting involved in details I shouldn't. Oh, yeah. I, I was just assuming. I don't know why. I was just assuming that ma- mammals You were assuming they were two testicles and a nose in between? <laughs> <laughs> that was we- just swimming through the ocean? Because if that's true, I can't wait for the Finding Nemo sequel. <laughs> really funky because he can actually change sex so in Nemo so when mum disappeared this is when it gets really messed up when mum disappeared what actually happens in real in the real world is that dad would then become mum and Nemo would make out with dad it's really incestuous they didn't tell that to the kids and for good reason 
Is that the first draft? That... <laughs> yeah, it didn't make the cut. It was yeah. a little bit so, F-rated. There's someone at fucking Pixar who's like, we've, we've got to get the scientists out of the room. It's <laughs> <laughs> one guy who's saying, well, Dad would just turn into Mum and then Nemo would work, might make out with Dad. It's yeah. what's scientifically correct. Just sack that guy. Just sack be, that guy. Just be dragged out down the corridor. This is not scientifically accurate! <laughs> You're all going to pay for this. Ignore me at your peril. Neil deGrasse Tyson must have fucking hated finding Nemo. But that's what's so cool is that it's just so bizarre. And one of my favourite animals, which kind of throws traditional stereotypes out the window, is the seahorse, man of my dreams. Now, he's got a big pot belly, which he uses for you know, a good purpose, and it's not for resting the remote control or a beer. It's actually for giving birth. So the female will give the eggs to the male. She'll go off burning the bra thinking hallelujah. And he then incubates the babies in his pouch. And then he gives birth to baby sea ponies. Man of my dreams. And then How many sea ponies does a seahorse have at one time? It depends on what species. They can have a couple of hundred. So we've got little short-headed. <laughs> <laughs> or a couple of thousand he pumps out. What? Yeah. Hang on. Pretty they, impressive. A couple of thousand babies. Yeah. How does he remember all their names? He doesn't. <laughs> they just kind of swim off into the sunset. There's no parental care whatsoever. More like seahors. <laughs> <laughs> all right now. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you the pun word. <laughs> sure, sure. So why is it that in most species, females carry... Or why, what's, how did this happen evolutionarily? Can you think of a reason why it benefited any part of this organism to have the males carry them instead of the females? None. Just um, random? No, I, I'm not sure from an evolutionary point of view why that actually happened in that family. So the Signathid family where you get sea dragons and pipefish, the, the males often carry the eggs. Mm-hmm. And then the seahorse has kind of taken it to the next level where the males actually give birth. And whether or not, you know, the males are, you know, um, more robust and who knows? I just think it's... I just want to meet a man like that. That's all I want. But we're Valentine's not changing. Day. It's it's still definitely a male because it provides the sperm. That's the definition of yeah, a yeah. man who carries the fertilized. The egg female provides the eggs. The male provides the sperm. But she puts the eggs in him, and then he basically yeah, incubates them. So the eggs will then be fertilized by his sperm, and then basically after about thirty days, depending on the species, he he looks like he goes through contractions and then he kind of sneezes them out. It's actually quite hilarious to watch. And he goes through contractions and they come tumbling out like musical notes. It's That's how it is for me pretty much. Musical notes, I call it. Yeah, sure. Scientific documentary starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Mom. (laughs) Um, So uh, what animals where where the men have babies? No, that's it. That's it. That's the only one. Yeah, the pinnacle. Interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to double back too much, but the barnacles with the very long penis, do, where do the females fit into this? Are they, are they also latched onto like the boat or the whale or whatever and then it's like snakes around or how does it... They're hermaphrodites. So again, when, oh, okay. yeah, so when they kind of put their pecker somewhere, they're basically just transferring sperm. Okay, and then just the penis sort of like wends its way around the corner like Mr. Tickle. Pretty much. <laughs> And while it's doing its... Good book. And while it's doing...
doing its tourist duty, sometimes the penis will actually get bitten off. But it can grow it back, which is very cool. Hang on, so what... what if... No, I just like that... You said moment. yes like that's news you were waiting for. <laughs> what happened to you? I just want to know in case. It's just good to know it's an option that's out there. So hang on, who's it bitten off by, though? Fish. We'll nibble on it. It looks just like a, na- a worm na- just or nearby something. fish. Yeah. We have an appetite for the long schlong. I don't know. <laughs> Who am I to judge? Well, but... You're not to judge, but I'm judging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a scientist. <laughs> What's a random fish going by just going, mm, that looks delicious, I'll eat that guy's penis. Well, you know, they've got to be opportunists. You know, in the ocean it's tough to get a, to, to get a meal and also to get a partner. And the crabs that we were talking about earlier... Yeah. The big giant spider crabs. What I love when it comes to sex with them is that, you know, they're. <laughs> I think you might have phrased that a little oh, no. differently. Did I just what you... say what I thought I said? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. all know why I'm single. Um... By the way, Cherie better get laid tonight. Can no, we take I don't care want of that? No, no, no. I actually don't want to. I'm, I'm good. I'm happy with the drag. How many different um, uh, species live under the ocean? Oh, gosh. Do you we know still the don't answer know. to that? No, there's like. Hundreds of thousands. Okay, uh, answer me this. Um, Oh, God. No, no, no. I'm an idiot, so I'm going to ask you a question that everybody else probably knows the answer to. But are there more species that live under the ocean that live out of the ocean or vice versa? Yes. Which one? In the... (laughs) I asked you a question where yes doesn't... In the ocean. In the ocean. In the ocean. But the cool thing is we still don't know that much about the marine environment. So we're discovering new species all the time because it's such a tricky environment to explore. You know, the dark... Depths, you know, you need a, a submersible and it's like crushing pressure and, you know, and that's the thing that I love about the marine environment is that I'm kind of learning all the time. And, and I'm not an expert. I'm just a passionate little mermaid who kind of loves this stuff and, and wants to share the wonders of the marine world with people because if people don't know, then, you know, we can't expect them to kind of care. And if I can use sex and detachable penises and cross-dressing as a way to do that, then happy days. So... These crabs, you... Oh, yeah, my crab. <laughs> Back to these crabs. It's really hot up here. Um, so what they do is, because crabs um, are one of the few animals that need to be soft to mate. So they've got a hard... Oh, well, man. take care of us here. Where, where are we going? What's, what's happening? Look, to be honest, sometimes you can all just make up your own jokes at home. Yeah. I think everyone listening to this podcast right now, whether you be on a treadmill, on your drive to work, or here in the audience tonight, went... Yep, I've got this one. <laughs> um, we don't need to call in a professional. <laughs> oh, no, I got it now. <laughs> I think... No, no, I definitely got it. So, what, happen- what happens is... So, for them to kind of grow, they've got, they've got a hard exoskeleton, which is really tough, so it doesn't flex... So for them to grow, they need to get out of their hard exoskeleton and grow a new soft one. And it's only during that time that they can actually mate. So what the male does is, so he doesn't miss out on the action and miss out when the female undresses, you'll often see them paired up and carrying the males carrying the female around, waiting for her to undress. How romantic. So... Romantic. It's a bit romantic and a bit stalkery, I guess. Well, you know, he's in for the long haul, don't you? How long does it take to regrow a soft soft shell? It takes about 24 hours to harden. Okay. Oh, that's not a big window. No. 
No, you've got to get, up, get on to it. So that's why he carries her around. He doesn't want to miss out on that. But how long do they live for? So how much is that a percentage of their life? It versus... depends. You know, some of the deeper crabs can live for 60-plus years. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Right. And then you've got, you know, tiny little crabs, and then you've got hermit crabs, and, you know, crabs galore. But they all sing with Jamaican accents, correct? <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got the fiddler crabs that have this big claw that they wave to attract the females. And the females like the big claws. But it's actually become quite a problem because at Famous, the females want the big claws, but yeah. Well, you know what they say, big claws. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Big shoes. This is when we see him walking out and he's just got two crab claws on his feet. <laughs> Oh, it's more literal than I thought. All right. Shoeless Ho Jackson's here? <laughs> so tell me this. Who, underwater, who takes the most percentage of their life to mate? I'd be the big marine megafauna, so the whales and things like that. Okay. Yeah. So how long does it take for a male to wait? Uh, to, to mate? <laughs> well, some... wait and mate. <laughs> Sometimes 15 plus years you're waiting. Really? Yeah. Between then, meetings, not between, like, effective... When uh, they can mature. Improve. And how long does it take for a while to have a baby? Uh, I think the gestation period for some of the whales is between 10 and sometimes 14 months, depending on what species. And where does the whale have the baby? Um, a hospital, local hospital. <laughs> yeah. Public they or just private? Book in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can't they, afford the private. I thought they mostly do water births. <laughs> No, they, little do. Doula. they do, and a lot of them will have midwives around them to kind of help them. Were they really though? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, a lot of the whales. Yeah, they're really social animals. So yeah, I think it's kind of fascinating. But I'm, you know, I'm no expert on marine mammals. I mean, on this panel, you are. <laughs> Wait, yeah, did you see your nut? <laughs> found someone off the street. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're also working on a book that's about um, the sexual habits of animals in all parts of, of the earth, not just underwater. Yeah. And we've talked on our podcast about some of the strange aspects of, of things like, well, my favorite thing we've talked about sex-wise on our podcast is duck penises. Yeah, they're so long and curly. They remember. And don't they curl, they're corkscrews, and they corkscrew in the opposite direction of the duck's vagina. It's like a, an oh, army battle like between... I know, it's someone like in the audience mechanism. was like, oh, you should have seen me trying to open a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> And yeah, ducks have, have like to... decoy vaginas, right? They have like, I don't know why I'm expecting you to know this. Maybe it's just not ducks, your area of expertise. No, I'm a duck out of water on that one. No idea. <laughs> uh, what uh, on, do you know this? Uh, uh, anyway, I've got a lot of great questions. Oh, God. Um, I'm scared. What animal on the land has the biggest penis of all? <laughs> oh, gosh. Elephant. Is it elephants? Feel, feel free to correct me, anyone. Any you know elephant, elephants in the room here tonight? <laughs> and it depends. Are you talking about length? Or are you talking about girth, weight? I mean, I hadn't considered it before I asked. <laughs> Got to be honest, it was a bit of a speculator yeah. on the run. But um, now or, that you've mentioned Or just reputation. It, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for a bit of crowd feedback on that one. Um, again, that would disturb me. But, well, okay, I guess in proportion, the elephant... Da- okay, is this, a, this is a different question. Out of proportion for the weight of their body. So the elephant penis is big because the elephant is big. Yeah. But is there an animal that has a disproportionately big penis? Like, despite... The duck. The duck duck has a really long pecker. 
that's but you just nothing. said that the, well, the barnacle you said is 30 times. You mean on land, though. I mean on land. land. Yeah. Okay. yeah, something I'll see. Something I don't have to go for a swim. <laughs> like, if I run into, like, what's the, what's the biggest penis proportion to their body on land animal? I, guess yeah, I think that's, that's the duck. Oh. The duck. Okay. Is it a duck? There's an insect. An insect? Oh, the insects count? get that really weird. That doesn't fucking count, mate. <laughs> fucking insects. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Fuck you call Louis the fly, Louis the fly. <laughs> Fucking no, no, thank you. I want something I can see at a zoo. If I go to a zoo, what's the biggest dick in proportion to the animal that I will see? That would be an elephant. Elephant. Yeah. Okay. I'm 90% yeah. sure. Like, hardcore listeners to the podcast might remember this. I don't. At some point, we covered some mammal whose dick is so big he can trip over it. Does someone remember what that is? What is it? A will. a will, that's right, it's a will. A will. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. Oh, hello. I appreciate that. You can but... grab his number later. <laughs> the audience have got involved. Yeah. You've been getting very audience involved. Audience participation. I... Matt's on his phone. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on, Matt? I'm looking... Matt's looking at Red Tube. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest penis in proportion. <laughs> Matt's pretending like and he hasn't, hasn't already searched this on his phone. <laughs> I'm looking, my friend, because he's been mentioned on the show, my friend James Gilbert, who I was at university with, is an entomologist, was part of the team that found whatever insect has the biggest testicle-to-body ratio. And now I can't remember what it is. Don't so pretend. Now I'm, now I'm Googling James Gilbert big testicle. Oh. <laughs> Don't pretend you're not on plenty of cuttlefish right now. We know you are. <laughs> is okay I'm not judging <laughs> the bush cricket yeah there you go you're on it it's you should of, be up it's one here. of yours I reckon yeah well it's got two fucking Australian terms in it bush and fucking cricket <laughs> it's fucking Aussie as mate the fucking bush cricket the tuberous bush cricket yeah the fucking tuberous bush, bush cricket mate has testes that amount to 13.8% of its body mass yeah. Jesus Damn fucking straight. <laughs> Bounces fucking around like he's on one of those jumpy. It would be it would be like um, scaled up to a human. It would be like a man having five kilograms each testicles. Imagine About trying to hide that in your pants. <laughs> and it, yeah, it beats all all rivals in a testicular comparison. But it didn't produce more sperm per ejaculate than the others. Which offers an intriguing challenge to evolutionary theory. I will rise to that challenge. <laughs> this just occurred to me, though, I never thought to ask this question of any biologist we've had. Is two testicles standard across the board of the entire animal kingdom? Any more, any less? Is there ever a one? Is there ever a four? Like, yeah. God, that's a really good question. I mean, I would love a four testicles. It just feels like it'd be so relaxing, like one of those executive dex toys. <laughs> you know, you just like one testicle and like flick it across and just relax during your day. <laughs> Two's not enough. Are you okay with just having like the mini golf set? <laughs> it's just got one and a nose. <laughs> oh, so many dick jokes. Yeah, it's really... Technically uh, not. Testicle jokes. Testicle jokes, this is true. They're dick adjacent. <laughs> Who was the original founder of Melbourne? <laughs> I am! <laughs> Did 
you guys have prepared topics? We <laughs> did not. We did not. I, did, I put on some goggles down at Bell's Beach because I was like, well, I, I heard your talk about the diversity of the marine life in Port Phillip Bay, so I was like, I should at least look around in Bell's Beach and see if there's interesting stuff. And it's pretty much just some seaweed. Did I go in the wrong place? Where no, was... no, no, no. Um, but they're, you know, really biodiverse habitats. You get lots of animals in the kelp. So um, you get the sea dragon, which is Victoria's state marine emblem. It's this kind of a fairy tale-like fish that is all these really brilliant colours and it's got all these little bits and pieces off it, which looks like seaweed. So that's where it gets its name from. And that's related to the seahorse, which... With the sea dragon, the male actually carries these bright berry eggs on his tail and then the young hatch from the tail. So he's another male that's So why amazing. is the seahorse so much more well-known than the sea dragon? Because it's... in general population, we're much more impressed by dragons than horses. We are. Like I... Game of Thrones isn't about fucking horses. <laughs> it's about dragons, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you can summon horses, no one's going to yeah. be like, oh, my God. Oh, look at Khaleesi. <laughs> She's got three horses. <laughs> Mother of horses. <laughs> Seahorses are found all around the world. Sea uh-huh. dragons are only found in temperate shores. So okay. I think that's why. And people travel from all around the world to see the sea dragons. So they're found from, you know, New South Wales up around WA. And so what is their ideal conditions to thrive? Temperate marine environment. What does so that cooler mean, though, climate. Temperate? So cooler climate. Okay, so they'd be fine if winter is coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel so bad when I fucking corner you into where I need to go. <laughs> I'm just like a lamb or a deer in headlights, really. It's really just a, like shunt me wherever you want to go. Game of groans up here is what's happening pretty much. It's like baptism by fire. I had no idea what I was walking into. So thanks. Baptism by ice and fire. Thanks. I am. <laughs> Thank you very much. Also, yeah. on the trip to Bell's Beach, I was um, admiring your... Uh, you obviously have incredible biodiversity. You also have incredible um, license plate slogan diversity. <laughs> Why can't you guys commit to what Victoria is? Mate, it's the fucking place to be, and it's the fucking garden state, and it's... What else is it? Land of Lincoln. <laughs> the education state. Stay, on the move. Stay alert, stay alive. Yeah. Live free or die. Um, Choose your own adventure. <laughs> the burgers are better at Hungry Jacks. <laughs> oh, wait. I had my first Hungry Jack Whopper today. Americans won't know this, but you guys have Burger King, but it's called Hungry Jack, and it's uh, still Hungry a Whopper. Jacks. Hungry Jacks. Yeah. Did you have the beetroot? What's it, the beetroot? Yeah, it's yeah. a root have, vegetable. We have beetroot in our burgers. You know, beet, you would call it. Oh, I'm sorry. I th- okay, yeah. Beetroot. Beet, okay. yeah. uh, so we have beetroot. Is that a, a separate burger or you're saying that even the meat burgers well, have the Aussie burger the Australian version of the burger has beetroot in it it's still a meat based thing but they add beetroot to yes, it it's not correct. like it's a no it's not like a beet burger okay. it's like a beet it just that's has... a bit of a dick thing to put in a burger without telling people because when you eat beetroot without realising and then the next day you're like well I've got colon cancer or something like that. <laughs> yeah shout well, out to what, Jesse you know what was all Uh, you know what was also a dick thing to do? Yeah. Uh, to sail to another country and pretend no one lived there and claim it as your own. So, <laughs> I, we've all done bad things in our past, is what I'm saying. I don't know why you're looking at me. It was your ancestors. When, when all that I was mean, happening, good... my family was still yeah. in Russia going, maybe they'll learn to like Jews. So... <laughs> 
I mean, and I'm probably not the person to make the point because it worked out fine for me. But I, uh, <laughs> it is interesting that the arch nemesis of the founder of your city is the penguin. Yeah. That's crazy, right? That's... <laughs> all it takes to bring down the entire... So, uh, at St Kilda, you can see the, the... What do they call them now? The tiny penguins or the... They the were little fairies, penguins. now they're little penguins. Yeah, so we... We did say little. Yeah, we, we, we got it. Okay. We said it. So, um, <laughs> and they used to be called the fairy penguins. They were the tiny penguins. Okay. And uh, bloody political correctness has gone bad, mate. Uh, they're now called little penguins. So, that's what they prefer, apparently, not fairy penguins. <laughs> that's one of those things where... It didn't sound offensive until someone changed it saying yeah. it was offensive. Yeah. It was yeah. like, oh, fairies, like little fairies. And then someone yeah. goes, oh, that's a slur. Well, only because you just said it. Yeah. And also, I don't think the penguins knew. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. they knew. So they we... were unhappy fate. <laughs> fairy penguin isn't okay, but on the ferry to Rot's Nest Island, Matt and I could both enjoy our golden gay time bars still. That's okay. Well, it's they were hard good. Have... They were very good. You know what? It was gl- I'm glad that you both had one because it's hard to have a gay time on your own. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, did you, when you went to Rot's Nest Island, uh, did you see a quokka? I got so a quokka selfie. You haven't seen my quokka selfie? No. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were friends. Like you said that. Like we it went viral. <laughs> like it's the fucking dab dance from Fortnite. Your fucking quokka selfie. Yeah, my quokka oh, selfie. Oh my god. Just being a quokka. Oh my god, you look adorable together. <laughs> Which one's a quokka? We shared a moment, yeah. I know. Nice. Actually, this one's even happier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's even happier. <laughs> I couldn't decide between the two Quokka selfies, so I posted them both. I'm like, let the internet choose. And the internet really spoke. Oh, and how. And how. So you know that there was a period of time, because I'm, I'm, I'm a vegetarian myself, I'm an animal lover, but there was a period of time where tourists would play something called Quokka Soccer. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. So they're a very adorable, like, as everyone knows, they're the most, one, one of the most adorable little things. Right. And I presume that... they would then team up and, like, give them a little ball yes. that they would kick around. <laughs> yes, Matt. That's exactly what would happen. happen. And let's never tell him anything different to that. Because we have to wrap up this show soon and let's end on a really happy thing. <laughs> With lovely animal penises under the water and, and necking of various... What was it with the, neck, with the sperm necks? The nudibranchs or a Thanks. sea slug. Oh, I didn't realise it's a slug. <laughs> Nudibranch. There we are. I had something far more romantic pictured. <laughs> Rather than just spermy neck slugs. <laughs> You know what? I saw spermy neck spots at the fucking big day out. And they were... <laughs> it was early in the day. Some were still out, but they did a fucking good job. They were, they were a lot better than the bands that headlined that day, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> we do need to wrap this up because there's a stand-up show afterwards and we've hit our time. But, uh, Will, um, where can our listeners find out about you? <laughs> And who you are, um, apart from walking past the massive billboard for you outside the theatre a block and a half that way. Well, I'll be doing a month of shows at the massive theatre down the road from here, about a month and a half from here, called uh, my new show, which will be called Will Informed, which I am uh, debuting, uh, essentially, at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival this year. It is my 25th show at the Comedy Festival. Um, and my 23rd year in a row doing the festival. And uh, 24 of them have had Will puns. 
which haunts me. <laughs> that one fucking show. What was it called? Diet Life. My first show was called. Yeah, and then uh, I, the Will Puns happened the next year, and I, it haunts me. Now that I've done so many of the... Uh, just, anyway. It's just, uh... Still, I admire your willpower. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's on the list, Matt. It's on the list. Sheree, where can our listeners find out everything you do? Oh, gosh. I'm um, Instagram, Sheree Maris. I don't know. I'm not that active on socials. Well, they can get your book as well, right? Yes. Yeah, they can go to sheriemaris.com. All right. We will link to all of that. We've got. What a couple... is the book called? Kama Sitra, Secrets of Sex and the Sea. Okay, great. And there's Melbourne Down Under, which looks at the marine life of Port Phillip. Nice. We've got a, uh, we'll link to that. We've also got some people to thank for making this happen. Yes. A uh, big thank you to Inspiring Australia and the Australian Society of Parasitology. Yes, those helping brands this made happen. this all happen. So, yeah, thank you so much. And thank you to Michael Smout, who's over there, who also helped us on the door, but helped okay. us get down here. And most of uh, all... And thank you to Carl and Julio and everyone here at the venue at the European Beer Cafe. Thank you for letting us do the show here. And thank you all of you for yes, coming out. Thank you so this much. is ludicrous. I can't believe we got to do this. Uh, stick around. We're sticking around. We're going to be doing the stand-up show after this. I believe it's 13 bucks to get in. You've got to go out there and then come back around again. But if you go out there, they're going to give you two-for-one drinks ticket, so you can get a little drink ticket there. And you so can use that ticket in your hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> if you're smart. Thank you so much, all of you. Yes, Thank you, Cherie and Will. We'll see you afterwards. Cheers. I'll be Matt. That's Andy. Thanks for having us, everybody. Thank you so much for coming down. <laughs>